Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku Ryu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of November 20th, 2020. And this week we have a very special episode as we are going to talk about a film that was kind of introduced to me via Luna and our our guests here and we're going to be talking about the film called linda linda and i would like to first introduce our guest perry from the japan on phil podcast so welcome thanks a lot ken glad to be here yeah i was happy to actually have you on because i've been a guest for two of your episodes now well hopefully by the time this airs <laughs> oh. yeah the, the the next season's going to be coming out uh beginning in december so you'll your next episode will be up soon oh, okay okay Awesome, awesome. So I, I've been on Perry's podcast, Japan on Film, and why don't you kind of just give a rundown about it real fast before I go into introductions with the other members? Sure. So um, I've been in Japan for about over 10 years, 10, 12 years, something like that now, long time. Um, but uh, one of the reasons I came in the first place is because I was a, a big fan of Japanese movies when I was in university. And about a few years ago, the school I work at, which we have, we teach subject-based lessons, but in, in English instead of Japanese, and uh, they asked me if I'd be willing to teach a, a class on Japanese film. So I started doing that, and it'd been a while since I'd really been in the world of Japanese film, but I kind of rediscovered my love for it, and by the time I reached the end of the semester, I realized, well, there's a lot of stuff I still want to talk about. And so I, that's what led to me starting Japan on film. It started off with me just by myself talking about different movies. And then uh, about like maybe it was last year or so, I decided to change up the format and start bringing on different guests. So I've had you on uh, two episodes now. Luna came in. She's going to be on an episode in the, in the next season as well. And a bunch of other different people from different walks of life who just like Japanese film. And it's, it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess before we kind of go on this, I never got to talk to you about this when I was on your podcast, but what is your most favorite, your favorite Japanese film? Oh, God. Oh, uh, actually, without a doubt, Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a favorite, too. <laughs> it's uh, one of my favorites. I love, that was, love the book. That, that The book is amazing, too. Uh, that was a movie that... When I first saw it in America, I didn't quite understand why it was so great. And then after living in Japan for a few years, and if you, if those of you who are listening, if you want to know more about this, I did an episode on it. But uh, after living in Japan a few years, I realized that it's, it's, it's such a broad commentary on so many different aspects of, of Japanese society. And looking at it from that point of view, it, it just completely elevated it to a new level in my book. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've completely understand. I've I've read the book first before I watched the movie, and watching the movie, I've absolutely loved it. My my love for that series, quote unquote, grew even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that's definitely my favorite. Yeah, that's great to hear. And obviously, my other two co-hosts, Luna and Gray, are here. So why don't you all go say hi? Hi, I'm Luna and. Those of you who hear me, and I also am a huge film lover, especially Japanese films as well, if you didn't realize. And I'm great. How How's it going, gang? I, I like Japanese movies, but I haven't seen a ton, so 
Like, I have seen Battle Royale, and that is indeed a good movie. And I've seen the original Gojira, and I've seen The Woman in the Dunes, which is actually really good. But that's about all I've seen. I haven't seen that much. I'm mostly an anime guy. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Don't be sorry there. But, yeah, uh, with that, let's kind of talk about the film. So, the film we watched was called Linda, Linda, Linda. It was in 2005 and was directed by Nobuhiro Yamashita. I believe it was his first film that he did. Um, I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. Just I've got the information here, so I'm just looking it up right now. <laughs> no, actually, he'd done a, he'd done a few other movies since that. He'd actually this was actually his this is like his fifth feature. Oh, I see, I see. I see. Yeah, his his first movie came out in '99, and that was Hazy Life. Oh, Hazy Life. Okay. And it starred a Korean actress named Donabe and. Aki Maida and Yu Kashi and Shiori Sekine. Sekine, yeah. yeah. And she's the basis of a band that I actually really, really liked. I was very surprised. So I first watched this movie a couple weeks ago, <laughs> to be completely honest. And I was very surprised that Shiori Sekine was in this. And I was like, oh, I recognize her. She's from Baseball Bear. <laughs> yeah. And she's the basis for that. And it's I actually really really did kind of like this movie but there was a lot of things that I kind of liked it overall but how did you guys kind of liked like it or if you guys had um bits and pieces that you did like or didn't like let's start with you Pam. uh well I love this movie uh this was one of the movies I saw before I came to Japan and this actually got me interested in the blue hearts to begin with and uh, also, just another note, too, James Eha of the Smashing Pumpkins, he did the, the music for this movie, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was kind of like a, a joint production, because you had, um, it was kind of, it was a kind of, it was interesting. There's all these international voices in this small movie about uh, Japanese high school life. But you have Dona Bai, who's, you know, Korean actress, and she's gone on to have a, a really big career after that. Like, she was in some of the... Uh, she was in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, I think, and mm-hmm. she was in uh, The Host and uh, a bunch of other movies. Jupiter um, Ascending and Cloud Atlas. Yes, yeah. And uh, Aki Maida, of course, you know, she was in Battle Royale. Yuka, she went on to do to do Death Note. Uh, Shiori Sekine, she was basically just in this because of her musical talent, which is why her part is kind of very small in comparison to the, to the other actresses. But... Yeah. But overall, um, I like this movie. It's it's just a lot of it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's also interesting when you look at it from uh, the perspective of what was happening with Japan Korea relations at this time, because this was when they had started to normalize uh, their relations after you know mm. years of tension. Mm. I see. I see. Uh, what about you, Gray? Is there any things that you really did like about this film, or? Uh, there are aspects about it that I did enjoy, but overall, and I, I this is my exact phrasing you can uh, off the air is I like the story it's trying to tell, but not in the format in which they just chose to shoot the tell the story. Uh, because for me, like I felt like I was just thrown into the plot a little bit, and I found it to be very disorienting. And it would be one thing if it was like a thriller or a mystery. I would welcome that. But because it's just a movie about high school life. And 
I, I get how, you know, you know, life goes on. Like, you know, you're always just thrown in the middle of a story, but I didn't like, like me trying to piece together, like the different aspects about some of the history of the characters as the plot progressed. And there's a couple of scenes in the movie that I felt just overstay their welcome a little bit. And the, the pacing it's, it kind of makes the plot drag just a little bit. But on the second rewatch, having I like I really didn't enjoy it the first time I watched it, but I went back and rewatched it the second time. I was able to enjoy it a lot more. Uh, I don't know if I'd still say I'd love this movie. I still have a lot of problems with it. But overall, uh, on my second preview, I was a lot higher on the film and I thought it was more enjoyable the second time around. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Luna? So for me, I still love it. This is probably the third or fourth time I viewed it. I originally blind bought it at Barnes and Noble. No, not Barnes and Noble. Borders. A long, long time ago. (laughs) Borders. Yes. I, I remember seeing it and I'm like, oh, this looks really good. So that was my first exposure to the movie. And at the time, I also was a Japanese language student. So I think that helped me understand you know it helped me cultural wise and to understand a lot of things the thing I like about it is I enjoy the aspect of I'm trying to think how to say it is one is it does display the cultural differences between Korea and Japan and just how it does feel to be a foreigner in Japan not just if you're Korean but also if you're not a you know, another another foreigner from a different country is because sometimes you do have that awkwardness of of the language barrier and also just the cultural barrier and how to act in certain situations. I think they did that very well. I also enjoyed the musical aspect as I thought all the actresses did a fantastic job of doing what they needed to. And they pulled it off. And the other reason is I love Aki Maeda. That was one of the reasons I actually bought it too. Because I loved her in Battle Royale. So, I mean, in general, I my only gripe is how it is cut in a way. I feel like there's more to the story than that they told. And I understand that sometimes they like you to make your own conclusions. Which makes sense, but sometimes you kind of wonder with some of the cuts is if there was actually more in that movie than there was. And even though it runs about 114 minutes, it goes by super fast. And I could easily seeing them doing a longer cut and it still wouldn't feel any longer than what it was. That's one of my curious points on that is I would love to see extended seasons or what they cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. In general, I love this movie, and it's just one, it's one of those good, it's like a feel-good movie, you know? It's about these four girls who are enjoying their last year of high school together and making the best memories they can and making new friendships, and it's just one of those things that makes you feel good. Yeah, personally, I, I had a good time with the film. I did like the high school cultural festival festivals i miss it actually like when i did study abroad we did a cultural festival and i was doing the same things like how the girls were doing and like all the other classmates and stuff like that making like crepes or takoyaki and things like that it was very interesting it brought me back to that those days kind of things 
I do have a little problem with the pacing, but it's only in that first half of that movie. And that's the only, like, major problem I have. But overall, I enjoyed my time with the film. It was really good, and of it's always good to hear Blue Heart songs, personally. <laughs> uh, I think um, Gray made some good points about it actually kind of dragging a little bit, and but also the fact that he said that watching it a second time, it kind of elevated his opinion of it. I think this is a movie that does tend to reward multiple viewings um luna might be able to comment on this too since she's seen it several times but but this is a movie that i like more the more i like i watch it uh just little things about the the characters and just their interactions tend to stand out more as your as the story becomes more familiar to you um but it it is a good point too that both you guys kind of touched on how there's a it just drops you in the middle of the story and that is that's a valid criticism, I think. Uh, that's something I actually kind of liked about it, though. I thought it was interesting that it just kind of... It, it almost feels like you're in this environment, right? You're walking through the school and you're just peering in in these different rooms and getting, like, these little snippets. So from that perspective, I thought it was, it was kind of a nice change to the usual way that these movies are made. But also the language aspect that Luna mentioned... I didn't realize this at the time because I didn't know Japanese when I first watched it, but when you do know, know some Japanese and then you, you watch this movie again, the the differences, the cultural differences and the awkwardness of Son really kind of jump out a lot more. And after having been in Japan for a while, I really kind of related to her a lot more after that. Especially one of my favorite scenes is the scene when they're Son and... Um, uh, blinking under her name um kate when they're sit standing in the bathroom in front of the mirror and they're both talking to each other but i didn't realize this the first time because but they're both speaking their own languages and they don't know what the other person is saying so i thought that was kind of a, a really nice scene that i when i rewatched this again yeah no the language expert is actually a big thing in a lot of scenes and how it has that, like you got, you were saying, Mary, with that awkwardness. Like, the scene with the karaoke mm -hmm. box, when he, she's trying to go and, like, go and rent it, rent it and go to one. The scene when she's trying to get get the box and the guy's like, no, you, you have to buy a drink, bring, <laughs> a drink set or a drink before you can go in. You cannot get this room unless you get a drink as well. I can relate to that because I was in the same situation the first time I went to Japan. <laughs> and like, I was just like, you know, hey, how come I have to get this set? I have something to drink. I don't need mm -hmm. this set kind of thing. <laughs> and like how karaoke works here, it's we have a similar it's like a half step system of what it's like in japan you don't need the drink but if you want the room you just gotta ask for the room kind of thing and i was just like oh it's very similar like how they do it in hawaii and nope no <laughs> and just having that little little culture shock there was very interesting in my mind yeah and also the the, the awkwardness part really comes in because when they ask her if she wants to be in the band she just keeps saying yes 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 and then afterwards, when she realizes what they were really telling her, she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I really relate to that after being in Japan, because I remember those situations when you think you kind of understand what someone's asking you to do, and you're just agreeing with them, no matter yeah. what. And then afterwards, they ask, did you understand all that? And you're like, no. 
<laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that that happens a lot in my workplace where they're like, "Hey, can you can you do this project for me?" I'm like, yeah, "I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah." So wait, what's this project about? <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're overseeing the entire thing. Oh no, I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> no, I, I I completely understand. So with that, let's kind of go into like scenes that really you really really liked and scenes that you didn't like. So let, let's start with you, Barry. What's what's some couple scenes that really stand out to you? Uh, well, I did mention obviously the the bathroom scene was was really nice. Um, also, the scene when they're when they're kind of giving Son the the history of the band and um, uh, Shiori Sekine Moe, she mentioned or not uh, Nozomi. She mentions that she this these are like the memories that they'll they'll remember and. And again, as I get more distant from like my high school and college years, I find myself uh, really appreciating that scene a lot more because that, you know, it makes me feel nostalgic for that time. So that was just kind of like a nice little scene. You know, it makes me think back to the days when my friends and I from high school and college, you know, we're just sitting around, you know, doing nothing really of importance. And it's just like just having those memories of being, being, being hanging out together. Yeah. Uh, as for and of course, I loved all the the musical performance scenes. I thought they um, they did a really good job, and they did actually commit to to learning these songs and learning how to play them. In fact, they released um, a, a, a small album of them doing a, a cover covers of the different songs. Oh wow! Arts, yeah. Oh, I actually used, want to try find that. <laughs> and they used the same for their band name. They used the same name that. Uh, uh, Son gives them right before the performance, right? Paramum, which is Blue Hearts in Korean. Yeah. So yeah, they did release a little soundtrack with all of them uh, performing on it. So, and I just love—I loved all those scenes, especially I loved their performance of Oaranayuta at the end over the credits. That was probably—I think that was probably the best performance in the movie. Oh yeah. So, what about some scenes that you? personally didn't like or didn't agree with the dream sequence that that k has right before (laughs) they they run back that it just in a movie where you know it's it it just feels like it's kind of tacked on it doesn't really feel like it's it's telling us a lot it just feels like something they did just for the fun of it but i think that's really the only scene that i really had a problem with like even the the stuff with with maki the guy who has a crush on son that seems kind of you know also a little tacked on but i'm okay with that a little bit more because it's it's kind of done in the context of look i just want to spend time with my friends type of thing so i did kind of like that mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. where we're all these where both her and um kyoko they've got these these crushes or k's got you know her ex-boyfriend but they're all kind of like pushing that to the side because they just want to focus on you know being in the band so I did kind of like that, that in a lesser movie, you probably would have had this, you know, cat fight aspect where they're fighting over the same guy or something like that. So not going that direction, I thought was a really strong thing that they did. Mm. Uh, what about you, Gray? Uh, yeah, so uh, my favorite scene in the whole movie is kind of near the middle of the movie when Son goes to the gymnasium in the middle of the night and does the little introductions for each of the band members in Korean. That, that's just a lovely, lovely scene. And we really get to see 
how in that moment how Son feels about each individual of the bands that she's working with. And it's just a wonderful, great scene that I really think just really shows like the heart and soul of the movie. And I, I really feel in a lot of ways like Son is meant to be like the heart of the movie. And that scene really conveys it really well. Uh, one of my other favorite scenes of the movie is near the beginning of the movie. There's a scene where Son's reading a manga with a, with a, a little girl and for the little girl has already read the manga that she's reading and the little girl's like just spoils the the manga that she's reading for no apparent reason and Son's like why did you tell me that and she's like you'll like it don't worry about it and I just I thought that was like the funniest scene and I I don't know why I really connected with that my fiance like I'll accidentally spoil stuff and she gets on my case about that a lot so I found that scene to be kind of fun and endearing scenes that I had uh, some issues with the the big big one was the dream sequence that because when you're first watching it it's very jarring very very jarring because Kay comes back from the bathroom and everyone's saying congratulations and it was like I didn't know she was celebrating anything what, what's going on and then uh, her ex-boyfriend uh, has a gift for her and she opens up this box and it's this hand and it, it's just, it's really weird because it just, like I said, it's really, really jarring. And one of the things that came to my mind when watching that sequence is she gets the, the hand because it's supposed to, that hand's supposed to help her reach uh, certain frets on the guitar, which would imply that the character throughout the movie has been struggling learning how to play the guitar because it's established early on in the movie that she grew up playing piano and uh, when they originally formed the band, she was the keyboardist. But due to events of the movie, she's now playing the guitar and she's having to figure it out as she goes. And there's one line in the movie where they even ask her, is like, hey, do you think you can learn this in time? Because you only have like three days. And she says, yeah, I, I got this. And then there's this, and, and you know, that's right smack at the beginning. And then this is right at the end of the movie. So like the whole movie, this like like they don't really touch on her guitar playing ability or her trying to learn the guitar in any particular manner i mean they they show her practicing practicing but you know she doesn't have uh scenes where she she's vocalizing like oh i'm having i'm struggling with this particular part of the song or anything like that so like I really found the dream sequence jarring because it seems to be addressing that she is having some anxiety playing the guitar. And so it, it was really weird. And one of the scenes earlier in the movie is a scene with Kay on the roof with a older classmate and the older classmates, uh, you know, grabs her guitar, starts playing. She starts playing Linda, Linda, Linda. And, you know, and I was like, you know, that would have been a really good scene where, Kay asked her like, Hey, you know, I, I'm learning how to play the guitar. Can you give me like some tips or something? And I, I felt like that was kind of like a missed opportunity because it was just, it, it was, like I said, like, it was so jarring. And I felt like that was a, it like they could have done a little bit more for Kay, uh, and her character growth there. And honestly, like my favorite character was Nozomi. And one of the, one of my bigger complaints of the movie is I get why Nozomi's screen time was limited 
because she wasn't a professional actress. And I, I get the technical reasons behind it, but I still would have loved to have seen more of that character because so, I find her to be the most relatable of the four because she's just like, hey. The you, most you, normal you, person there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, like, it's like, yes, I love you. And I, I got, I, I have to, uh, I have to look into ba- Baseball Bear because like I really liked her character. But I, I do have a, a couple of quibbles with the scene with the guy asking Son out. But th- I think that's a personal taste thing. I, I've, I've been shot down in very similar manners to that. And I, I don't know, it just hits too close to home. So I find it more discomforting than uh, anything else. But the one thing I did like about that scene is that is the first time in the movie that she actually referred to the bandmates as her friends and, and noting that she wanted to spend time with them. So a scene that I like the first time I watched that scene, I absolutely hated it with a passion. But the second time I watched it, I picked up on that, that nuance. And I was like, Oh, this make that, that little bit at the end of it made that scene way better. And so I was able to enjoy it a lot more. Um, but that's, that's about it for me. Well, another thing I just wanted to quickly chime in with that scene is I, I get where you're, I get that too. Um, it does feel kind of like she's being a little cold, but at, when you watch, when I'm watching it again, now I realize that she just doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> like she's just really confused by what he's doing because he's trying to speak to her in Korean and she's only trying to answer him in Japanese. So she's just kind of really confused by the whole situation. And yeah, it, and and the. Oh, go on. Sorry, I don't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. Sorry, I, I was um, just kind of finishing up the thought. But I, I think that scene was meant more. It, it's, it's one of those scenes that it's, it's funny when you, when you know the, when you understand the language and, and also the whole concept of love confession in Japan, which is where you just might have someone come out out of the blue and, and you know, confess their feelings for you. So I did kind of. And it, it's also that kind of cultured awkward awkwardness she has because she just doesn't really know what's going on in that scene. So, so that's why I thought I that's why I kind of like that scene more as I watch it again. No, yeah, I and I, I get what you're saying. And the second time you watch it, it is very clear. Uh, like the, it is really playing on that idea that she is completely lost, and you, you know he's. He's trying to connect with her on on like her level, I guess, in Korean. But I also like he's trying to, I guess, impress her, and she's like, I, I don't know what's going on here. It's like, what is? Are you okay? Is it, is it okay if I leave now? So yeah, and you're saying like in the word incinerator for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because she's like, why is he talking about the incinerator? <laughs> like she has this clear look on her face, like. Why are you talking like, about this? Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's not the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fall. I mean, it's getting cold, but no. Yeah. 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 It, it's one of those scenes where I think the more you watch it and the more you understand it, the better that scene comes off. But I, like the first time I saw it, I, I, it really like I Perry, I think you put it best earlier. It, it feels tacked on. Because it just comes out of the blue. And for me, the first time I watched it, I didn't understand how it forwarded the plot or forwarded, uh, made advancements in the character relationships that are going on. 
No, I picked it up on the second time around where she was like, oh, you know, I just want to go spend time with my friends. Uh, but I missed that the first time. And, and having adding that extra context really makes that scene a lot better. And what about you, Luna? Was there any particular scenes that really stuck out to you that you really liked or didn't like? So I had a few. One of the scenes that I liked is I love the whole karaoke scene just because, you know, living there, being honest, I would have been in the same boat as you can if I didn't have a friend with me explaining that I had to buy a drink in order to sing. And as soon as my friend said, they got meta and soda. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do Nomi Hodai. But I wouldn't have got that if I went by myself. I would have been like, what? I brought water. I brought a drink. You know, I would have done the same exact thing and been super confused. But the other reason I enjoyed it is when she was in there, she was in there for a while trying to learn Linda, Linda, Linda. Like she did that over and over. But the funny thing is, is after she was done with that, she was singing Amado Namie's Can You Celebrate? And I didn't this I finally caught that. And I think it was because I didn't listen to a lot of Amado's older discography back when I first watched it. And even, you know, a couple years ago, I didn't catch it. And this time I caught it. And then, you know, hearing her do some of the Korean songs, I just thought that was a fun scene of seeing her just kind of, you know, by herself, breaking out of her shell and just having fun. And. I did actually find amusement in the when Maki tried to ask Son out. One, I love Matsuyama Ken, uh, Kenichi. So seeing him like that, I'm just like, oh my god. It just kind of made me laugh. But also just the whole scene understanding the language barrier and aspects. Because just hearing him say incinerator and it's like, I don't think he knows what he's saying. You know, and she's just like, what? Like you guys were talking about. It just made me laugh because of that language barrier of him trying so hard to speak to her in Korean to impress her and failing. And then her, like, what are you, what are you trying to do? I just want to hang out with my friends. So I just think it's, it, it's, it's not really an important scene, but it's one of those ones that I like that they threw in there because it showed, I like how each character in a way they threw in that each character shows that they want to be with their friends, that they don't care about boys and they want to enjoy the time they have right now. And so I like that they made a point to do that with each of the girls. Minus Nozomi because she had her priorities straight. But I also, um, I'm trying to think. I also liked when they were in the studio just practicing. And like one of Grey's scenes when Son goes into the auditorium, just kind of looks around, announces everyone in Korean. I, I think it's an important scene to that as, you know, she's standing there staring like I'm going to be performing in front of all these people. Can I do this? You know, and getting comfortable with it. I like the aspect that scene takes. Um, I think the only scene I probably had an issue with was the dream sequence as it felt very out of place and it just... It didn't need to be in there. You got the idea when they overslept. But also it was just... I They didn't go into Kay feeling any anxiety before. I mean, so I feel like it was just very just in there. I also enjoyed a lot of these scenes between Kay and Son just because how their relationship starts and how it ends up ending. Because you can tell at first where they're on the bench like waiting to go back to their um to go back home and you can see where like it's really awkward between Kay and Son and like Kay's trying to talk to Son 
but you know she's like oh i didn't know you know you rode this bus and they didn't really realize each of each other rode the same you know bus or train home so it kind of shows that they didn't really pay attention to each other before and i feel like part of that is with son being you know korean and also being in her own area like you can see she's in her own area the school where she is trying to learn japanese so I like those scenes is I feel like their relationship develops over time where they get to understand each other, even if it's not always through language, but it's just through friendship. So I felt like all those scenes between Sol and Kate were important. So I guess we're four for four on that dream sequence because personally I didn't <laughs> like it either. And just the, how it was like how you were saying, Perry, it was just tacked on and that gosh darn hand freaked me the hell out. Just seeing it in a Yamaha prestigious box, just like a like a glove hand that huge. And when she was wearing it at the scene when they're at Budokan, I was just laughing so hard. I couldn't take it serious after that. And I was just like, I mean, this got to be a dream sequence. There's no way that this is real life because, like you guys were saying, they never alluded to, like, she had even struggle more so than that just one line at the bus station. And it was just like, oh my goodness, I can't take this. And then when you see the Ramones, I was like, there's no way they could have got the Ramones for this. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I especially because I think one of them was dead by this point, too. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there was a couple of things that... I ended up really liking, but um, let me just go over my dislikes first. Th it was obviously the dream sequence. The how they kind of handled the the particular story arc of Moe and K and wrinkle that whole three dynamic it made sense the second viewing of what was kind of going on but like getting thrust into that story and i had to play a little detective work kind of listening to everything going on i kind of didn't like that that first time <laughs> but after the the second time it, like you said perry it gets better with multiple viewings and the third time i watched i was like yes i really enjoy it i really liked it and one of the scenes that i really liked the most was when they were on the rooftop the first night that they decided to do practice and Nozomi kind of went over the history of the band in general and was kind of gave the overarching message of what the movie was trying to prevent uh tried to tell basically saying hey you know we're not gonna remember everything on stage but leading up to this that's just us hanging out trying to practice eating snacks on the roof kind of thing and making dinner and looking at the yearbook kind of thing that's what's going to stay with you and i really really resonated with that and i really liked that scene and the fact that nozomi that was pretty much her one big scene right there i really loved i really really did love and obviously for me i did like the 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 Kokohaku, the Kokohaku scene, the, the confession scene. But that's because I'm like Chandler from Friends where I just laugh to make things uncomfortable and I find things that I funny when they're actually an uncomfortable moment. I actually love that moment. And the fact that when they're going into different languages and trying to purvey, hey, why are you saying incinerator all of a sudden? I just find that more funny, even more so. And 
that was pretty much it. And the live, the live, the last scene, the live was obviously one of my favorite scenes. Just hearing a a bridge version of Linda Linda was always good, but and to hear it kind of in full force was really good. I would personally would have loved to hear train uh, train train, but that was um. I was also kind of dis- I was also kind of disappointed that um what was it um my right hand I think that the one song they were practicing that we never got to hear them really play that <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, I was like, oh, the first time I watched it, I was like, what about the other song? I mean, they did kind of mention that they didn't have time and they could only do like one or two songs. I was like, but do the song that you guys were practicing the most. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, overall, how did you guys like the music for this? I mean, they had a couple songs. They actually had a song, song from Baseball Bear, which was kind of, kind of breaking the fourth wall there. But overall, how did you guys like the music in this, and how they performed Linda Linda? Well, for me, this was my first introduction, like I mentioned, to the Blue Hearts. So, so it was, and I, I was when I when this came out, I was in I was in college, and I I was listening to to punk music back then so i was listening to like the ramones and the sex pistols and all that and i was really into that kind of music back then um and now most of that interest has kind of faded as as i become a jaded old man but um but still i do i do find myself really liking the the songs they chose in this like there are some there are some punk songs that still stick with me and uh the three Mm -hmm. the the well the two that they actually perform in this movie are definitely two of those like these are linda linda is is one song that I made sure to made an effort to learn. And it was like, it's like the one song I sing every time I go to karaoke here in Japan. Oh yeah. Same, same as I remember I had a Japanese pop culture class and the teacher, the professor would always want to be like, Hey, every Fridays let's go to karaoke because it's good introduction to Japanese culture that you guys go karaoke. And every single time he would go on, he wouldn't sing any song. But he would always put Linda Linda. <laughs> well, it's and, a it's a really easy song too. Like it's yeah. not that hard to to get the timing down. And even if you're not that familiar with the language, it's not that difficult to get the lyrics down. But you compare it to like Oranayuta, which is a bitch to get through. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit much more of a higher pace composition. Oh god, with yeah. That I mean, I've I've been trying to get that song for years, and I still cannot. I cannot match the timing. I can get the chorus, but that's about it. <laughs> So what what about you, Gray? Is there any th- the songs that you really liked from that? Obviously, yes. Linda Linda is going to be yes. probably on there. But you, you would hope if you didn't like Linda Linda, you might not like this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> like th- that might be a base requirement because, if, like I said, if you didn't like the song that they're practicing the most, then you may not enjoy this movie. But no, Linda Linda. This is my first time hearing Blue Hearts. I like. Uh, as we started the show, I was the newbie. I was the newcomer, and I was like, I'm very familiar with current J-pop and and all that. I'm not too familiar with the old stuff, so I had never heard of the Blue Hearts. And when we were talking about it off air, like before I had ever watched the movie, I thought Ken was talking about the band from the movie, <laughs> not not. Uh, this band from the 1980s. So that shows you how ignorant I am, but uh, I wound up really, really liking the music. I, I tend to like punk rock anyways. So I, I lean in that direction 
And I, I really like the song selections. Like when you hear the songs at the end of the movie, I can say, oh, I can see why everybody was like, yeah, good choice. Because like, throughout the movie, every time they asked them what they were do- what they were doing, they would say Blue Hearts. And they're like, good choice. And I was like, okay, it'll be cool to see when, when they get to, to the end of it, you know, how, if that was a good choice or not. Um, and I, I actually think I like Ore uh, Wa No Uta more than Linda, Linda, Linda. Because I like the line, let's sing a song for this asshole world. Like, I, I really resonate with that line because I, I just like it. That means something to me. Uh, I did think that was an interesting choice for the ending credits. I wasn't really expecting to hear the Blue Hearts version of Linda, Linda. But I think, I think, um, Ore, uh, Orewa no Uta was a better choice, uh, given the themes and what the movie was about. But no, I wound up liking the performances, and I thought the girls did a good job. I, I mean, you can tell they really learned their parts, and it showed. And you, Luna? So, I, I, I will say this movie was my introduction to the Blue Hearts. As I, this was about the time I got into J-pop probably let's see i got it in about 04 so a few years after i wasn't familiar with a lot of the 80s groups and the punk scene in general i liked american punk but i wasn't familiar familiar with japanese punk however this got me to go out and check them out and i recently re-listened to them due to it was the blue hearts anniversary this year and not to mention you know, Linda, Linda, Linda got me back into their music. So I think they did a great job of performing the songs. I personally love Oro Owaranai Uta. And I wish if they would have done My Right Hand because I love that one and Train Train. But I think all the girls did a fantastic job. And I mean, I, I love the ending concert scene because it is just phenomenal. And I wish if they would have had them have more time in that. I understand why they didn't, but it would have. I just loved it. And they pulled it off so well. I want the soundtrack now. But I, this got me to go back and listen to more of Blue Hearts discography in general. And they have some amazing songs. So. Yeah, so for me. Uh, this wasn't my first introduction to Blue Hearts. Um, I my father actually likes the high lows, which is Hiroto Komoto and Masatoshi Mashima's second bath that they happened after Blue Hearts. Like he really likes the high lows. So I knew of the band, quote unquote. I knew the 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 successor, and I knew of the predecessor because he would always play Blue Hearts. So it was very interesting to kind of watch this movie because originally I had no no idea what the, the movie was about before we started to watch it. I thought it was just going to be, oh, okay, so it's about a bunch of girls that want to be be like the Blue Hearts. And I, I was totally wrong at that part at the end. But when my love for Blue Hearts kind of grew with this song again. I, it reinvigorated. It got me back into having Blue Hearts into my rotation. I love Linda Linda. It's probably one of my favorite songs. I love Train Train. That's technically my most favorite song after Linda Linda by the Blue Hearts. And I'm kind of sad that they didn't play it, but I understand because there was another drama that kind of focused on Train Train more, if I'm remembering correctly. But 
but yeah, I mean, I love the music selection for this. I did like the fact that they actually had Baseball Bear songs in the background at certain points, which they had, I think it's said on Nostalgic and April Mirage, if I'm looking up this information correctly. Yes, you're correct. It was in like the background of the cat, the creep, the creep shop. <laughs> the cat cafe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the, the creep shop if uh, for their booth, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I mean, overall, I think if I had to give this a rating, this movie a rating, it's, a th- I, we'd use a three star system, so it's not biased at all, very. So if I were to give this a rating, so to speak, it's a two. I would, rec- I would recommend this to movies, to people that really like, obviously, the Blue Hearts and like music films in general. But what about you, Perry? If you were to give this a three-star rating, what would you what what would you give it? On a three-star rating, I'd probably go two point five. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it it it's probably it's probably not something I'd recommend to someone who who doesn't like punk or who is completely uh, ignorant to, to to Japanese school culture, and that because it might be some things might go over their head too much unless I could watch it with them and kind of explain some stuff. But other, yeah. but yeah, if it, but for someone who knows a little bit about that kind of culture and or at least some of the language or or just likes the Blue Hearts, then I think I'd be more likely to recommend it to them. And what about you, Gray? Uh, yeah, I'd give it about a one. I I mean, there's aspects about the movie that I like. Like I said, I like the story it's trying to tell, but I wasn't really a big fan of the packaging that it's told in. Uh, I like. Uh, as far as like recommending it goes, like yeah, like if you don't know much about Japanese culture, uh, like this this like I when after I watched it the first time, I I had to ask Ken several questions. I was like, hey, can you explain this to me? Can you explain this to me and this to me? Because I I didn't I didn't understand or know what was going on, and I do think that that could also affect your enjoyment of of the movie because like I said when I watched it the second time. I, I had better understanding of some of the cultural context of what was going on. And that, that let me like, not like, you know, put that aside and I was able to in, enjoy it for what it was a lot more. So I, I would probably, like I said, I'd give it probably about like a one, 1. 1.5, somewhere in that neighborhood. Hmm. And what about you, Luna? I'm going to go with a 2.5 just because I mean, Upon a fourth watch, I still I feel like I enjoy it each more each time I watch it, and I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone just because of the cultural aspect. I think you, like everyone has stated, you either have to have some familiar familiarity with Japanese culture or the Blue Hearts to really get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I will say though, my husband loved it, and this was his first watch. He gave it four out of five stars on letterboxd and i think he liked the aspect of the blue hearts the punk song the sound and he's been whistling linda linda for like since we watched it constantly so it's i mean it's a catchy song and it's an enjoying it's an it's a movie you can enjoy especially if you have that familiar if you're familiar with the cultural aspects and also if you're a fan of like akimeda or yukashi or uh, Duna Bay, uh, Duna Bay, any of those actresses, I think that would also be a plus. I mean, you'll still find enjoyment out of it. But 
I do feel like watching it more than once, you will catch little bitty things you didn't catch before, which will make you like it even more. But yeah, I guess with that, I I guess we'll wrap up here. And Perry, I want to say thank you for joining us. Where can we find you on the social medias and things like that? Uh, well, if you're interested in learning more about Japanese movies, then uh, japanonfilm.com is the website. Uh podcast is you know wherever you find the podcast we also have a, a youtube page now we're doing uh video episodes this season in fact i just did an interview with um uh takeshi fukunaga who directed the ainu mosir movie that just came out on netflix and mm. that's that just came out we just released that interview on youtube and on the podcast feed so that was a lot of fun to do so definitely check yeah that out. I, I just saw that i need to go and listen to it i was very interested in hearing the interview but yeah, that's it. Uh, also, if you have, I, I also do another podcast, um, superherocinephiles.com. If you like superhero movies, my buddy Derek Ferguson and I, uh, each week we talk about a different superhero movie. So if you're into that, then you can also check out that podcast. Nice, nice, nice. And yeah, you can find us, the podcast on Gakadu, on all social media platforms. You can find it on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the website at ongakadu.com. You can find. Me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, and more Bang Dream. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at Ongaku Gray, where I tweet about mostly tokusatsu now, uh, is mostly just turned into a common writer feed. So if you're a fan of common writer or tokusatsu, just follow me there. And you, Luna? You can find me on Twitter. Letterboxed, my anime list, Anime Planet at Lunamaria87 or Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram. I might mainly tweet about horror movies, anime, and some J pop, so follow me there if you like it. And once again, I want to say thank you so very much for joining us on this very special episode of Ongaku to You. Perry, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I had a blast. I always have, I always like having talking to you about films and I can't wait for the next season so I can talk more about Death Note, possibly. Thanks again for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Once again, I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna signing off, telling everyone to have a great rest of your week. Jamatane. This is great. Have a wonderful time, everybody. We'll see you right back here next time.